We are continuing the Chayadam, we are in Klavav, we are discussing the halachas of answering Amen. So one of the halachas we mentioned in the previous year is that a person should not raise his voice louder than a Mavarech, as the Pasuk says, Gadu Lashem Iti Shma but should be together, you should not raise your voice louder than the Mavarech. However, the Mishaburu pointed out, let's say a person is doing it, that people who are listening should answer Amen, they're, they're spacing out, so then it will, it will be mutter because you're doing it for a specific reason. I added that perhaps if you're trying to help people pay attention to the davening, they're sitting in the back, they can't hear you, and you're davening near the bima, especially during Kriya Satira, so that people would know where we're up to. It would also be a reason in Indian to say it louder, and it would not be a problem. However, whenever it comes to doing things loud that perhaps might be annoying, one should always keep in mind the Benadam Lachaveray. Uh, for example, Ramosha, this is a famous story. They asked Ramosha Feinstein what a person should have in mind when he goes around uh, with the Hashanas, during Hashanah, when you walk around Shul with your Lulav and Esrug, what should your Kavana be? So he said your, your, your Kavana should be not to step on anyone else's toes. Many times we do mitzvahs and we have good intentions, but you have to just keep in mind the other person. So if someone's screaming out, yelling out of Maine, and it gets very difficult for people to sit next to him, so that would not be a, a Mahalach, a person should not do that. If you look in the Rishonim that discuss the concept of Tircha de Tzibor, of making a Tzibor wait, we don't do certain things because of Tircha de Tzibura. I believe one of the Rishonim say, says that we don't want to turn people off from davening. If they come to Shul and they're busy, you know, finding the place in the Sefer Tyra and they're saying all these long piyutim, so then people might just get turned off and say, I'm not interested in this. So, in general, when a person is doing mitzvahs, always keep in mind the aspect of being Adam Lachaveray. The, the final topic we discussed in the previous year was that let's say you have a machlaikis in the paiskim about a certain thing. And let's say you're with your friend, you go to a restaurant, and you only eat uh, yashan. And he gets a sandwich, and it's not yashan. He makes a hamaytzi lechmanaretz on his uh, burger. You know it's not yashan. Are you allowed to answer amen to his bracha? Perhaps you should say, I hold you need to have yashan. Let's say you really hold you need yashan, and he's not eating yashan. So then he's being over on, on iser on the Isser Chadash, so therefore, I shouldn't answer Remain. So there's a machlekes in the Pais If you look in the Yechavadas, he's very machmer, the Yechavadas written by Rabbi Yosef, he says, let's say a Sephardi is in Shul, on, on Rosh Chadash, and they make a, they, they say halal with a bracha, you should not say Amin, because that's not our shita. Yet the Mishibura, if you look at the Chai Adam, if you have that quote from the Mishibura in the bottom of the Chai Adam, he says, as long as there's some shita in the Pais that go with it, then I'll be mutter. So many cases that we discuss, past palter, chalavakum, chalavstam, usually you'll find at least a machlekes in the paiskim, and if, especially that's the, the case I gave, Yashin in America, you know, old hechsherim, national hashkachas, give a hechsher on chadash, so how could he say this, that nobody holds its mutter? So according to the Mishabur, anytime there are paiskim that hold of something, that will be fine. This gets into the deeper question of when a person looks around at people, you know, at his surroundings, and he says, you know, not everyone's doing the same thing as me. So, on one hand, there's a certain respect. You should have respect for other people. There's different uh, different ways in serving a Kaddish Baruch the Mishabura, when he talks about the Nusach HaTzfilah, there's different Nusachos in the Sederim. He says that Naharo, Naharo, Pashte, every Nusach has a Halachic source and let people dive in their Nusach. So some people try to control the situation and say, my way is the only way. You'll see people that have a chumrah. They, they decided that, uh, I don't know, potato chips need to be Bishal Yisrael. So they won't buy national brand, uh, brand potato chips, which is fine. But then they make their wife and kid be machmer, and it, it causes hardship on it. So 
it depends on what the what the chumrah is. If it's a chumrah that you know that many places can make all, you see clearly from the Mishnah you're allowed to even answer amen to the bracha, even though you yourself are contributing to the bracha. You're saying amen. Still, there's different shitas and and deal with it. However, according to the Yechavadas, it seems like that no, you have to have yet to be strong minded in your opinion. I hold this wrong, and therefore I'm not going to say amen to this bracha. It gets into another question. This is not really uh on our topic, but something to think about. We won't get to the answer here. You know, sometimes people are machmers on a certain thing, and they ask someone else to do it for them. You know, there's always the Shabbos guy on your table who uh, who's opening soda bottles for people. Like, he's the one that opens bottles, so now everyone everyone passes the bottle to him. Or there's a guy in your block who sells his chametz, and you don't sell your chametz, so you ask him if you could bring the chametz to his house, let him sell, then you'll take it back after Pesach. So, interesting. If you really hold it's usher, so then why are you telling him to do it for you? So it does touch upon this concept of when there is a machlekes in the paiskim, do I hold this really usher? Am I being machmer on my own? Something to keep in mind. Halach lamaisa. We, we say amen to all the brachas if there's a source in halacha. Let's say you're an Ashkenazi, you're by a bris, a Svardi bris, the Svardim or Chaim Berliners, they go with the Minakagra, they say Shechianu by a bris. We say amen. That's their psak. They're doing the right thing. We say amen because we believe in what they're saying. We ourselves will not say that bracha, but we do say amen. Okay, next question we, we uh, said we'll mention today. Let's say a person is not wearing a yarmulke, whether he's at work. We said we spoke about this previously, situations where one might be allowed to not wear a yarmulke. Um, let's say he's in a swimming pool and he's not wearing his yarmulke there, and someone makes a bracha next to him. Are you allowed to say amen when you're not wearing a yarmulke? So there's a Shiloh in the River Voice of Ephraim. The River Voice of Ephraim was written by Ephraim Greenblatt itself from Memphis, Tennessee. So he had the following case. He said he was once in the Kedushin by a wedding, and he was looking around, and most people there were not wearing yarmulkes, and they didn't have those paper uh, handout kippahs. So he was curious, should he say the brachas out loud, knowing that people are not going to answer amen? So at that point he said he did. And then when he went home, he tried to find the source. He said he really couldn't find the source to say it's a problem. You're not saying a bracha, you're just saying amen. So halakhically he says, obviously preferable. And he said from then on he always brought these paper yarmulkes to every wedding he was Masada Kedushin by. Preferable to wear a yarmulke when you're answering amen. But if a person is uh, is not wearing a yarmulke, he's looking for it and his wife says bracha or he's swimming in a pool and the person next you know, is drinking lemonade or his pina colada on the side and he hears the bracha, you would still be allowed to say amen even if you were not wearing a yarmulke. The Chayadam points out that a katan, I'm just going to go through some halachas here, that a katan already gets schar, already gets reward when he first says amen. So many people have this practice, they bring their children to shul, and they get them excited to say amen, you give them a candy, but it's brought down, b'shem azayar, that that's the a katan already, by saying amen, is already uh, gets some schar in alam haba, but just by saying amen. Now there are different halachic questions regarding the saying amen, and we'll get to some of them here. Let's say you, you heard part of the bracha. So the Mishnah tells us that if you heard a kuti say a bracha, or let's assume for our example, a Yehudi, if a Yehudi, uh, you hear part of the bracha, so that you, you don't know who he was blessing. Maybe he was blessing something of Avada Zara. How do you know he said Hashem? Therefore, the Mishnah says you do not answer amen until you hear the entire bracha. If he said the bracha the way Chazal or Mesachim, Baruch Hashem, He says the whole thing, 
then you are allowed to say a bracha because we assume he has in mind what we do. An example for this would be, let's you have a gar in training. You have a convert, he's working on uh, on brachas and Shabbos, he's trying to keep everything before he or she becomes a ger or a giyaris. So let's say they're making brachas, they're by a table and they're making brachas because they're practicing keeping uh, Yiddishkeit. So obviously you would say amen to their bracha. What about a Yisrael? You have a Jew and you do not hear him say the whole bracha. Are you allowed to say amen? So you have machlekes apayskim. Machlekes apayskim seems like if you look at the brackets in the Chayadam at the end of in the end of halacha aleph, there's machlekes. If there seems to be machlekes, if you have to hear the shem Hashem, or it suffices that you heard the end of the bracha. Now everybody agrees that you had to know which bracha it was. You can't just say amen based on assuming that the person said a bracha. You have to know which bracha it was. So let's say I hear Hamoyti Lechem and Aretz. Am I allowed to say Amen? So according to most Rishonim, yes. The Chayadim brings down some Rishonim saying, no, you have to hear him say the Shem Hashem. And only then can you make, can you say Amen? So the question on this, on this whole discussion, is that the Gemara in, uh, in Sukkah tells us that there was a base, a Knesses in Alexandria. There was uh, a shul in Egypt where it was such a large shul that you couldn't hear the Chazan. And they had flags and they would wave flags to tell people when to say amen. So they're clearly, they didn't hear the bracha. So how could they say amen if they didn't hear the bracha? So the answer the Chayadim says, and the Mishabruah says the same, quotes as the accepted uh, pshat, is that in shul, you know they're saying brachas. So then you could say amen even if you didn't hear the bracha, as long as you know which bracha was said. So when it comes to when do you have to hear the Shem Hashem when you're not sure the guy's making a bracha? Maybe he's giving a 12-minute halacha shir. How do you know he's saying a bracha? So if I just hear Hamaytzi Lechem and Aretz, I don't know what he's doing, so don't say Amin. But if you know he's making a bracha, he's holding two pieces of challah, he's, he's a Friday night, he's about to, to, he's about to make this Lechem Mishnah. So you know he's saying a bracha, or you're in shul, and it's during Chazar Zashat, or during uh, Kriya Satira. You know they're making brachas up there. So there you wouldn't have to hear the whole bracha, you should hear the end of it to know which bracha he's referring to. Or if you have your, your flag system and you know which bracha they're holding by, so then you would be allowed to say amen even if you didn't hear the entire thing. And even if you didn't hear any of it, as long as you know which bracha it is and you know they were making a bracha, you're allowed to say amen. The next, the last piece in Aleph to discuss is a katan. If you look in Halacha, the, it says that you're allowed to, you're allowed to say amen even on a katan's bracha. But only if you have a child who's above the age of chinuch, we, we assume six, seven, eight, nine, ten, that age, depending on the child's uh, growth and everything. So if he's at that age, he's making a bracha, so then you're allowed to say amen. But it's mashma that a three-year-old, you can't say amen to a three-year-old's bracha because they're not really making a bracha. They're just learning the bracha, so you should not say amen to it. And that's how the Mishnah Brewer Paskins. However, the Minaga Olam is not like that. The Minaga Olam, and if you look at Rabbi Yashir, Rabbi Chaim, different Svarim, I can send you the Mara Makaimas if you reach out to me. They say that our minute is to still say Amen when the child is waiting for us to say Amen. Meaning, let's say you're in the kitchen, your child's in your dining room. He makes a bracha, your three-year-old, he doesn't hear you, he doesn't see you, so then don't say Amen. That's what the Mishabur is referring to. But let's say you're feeding your child something, and he makes a bracha, he or she makes a bracha, they're three, four years old, they make a bracha, and they're waiting for you to respond to Amen. So then, Rabbi Yashiv in Ha'aris to bracha stuff, and give him a base, says, then the minute gets to say Amen, because that's part of the, the chinach, that's how we teach them how to make brachas. Okay, Mertashem, tomorrow we'll discuss some of the times not to say Amen, the no-nos 
אב אמן.